0: Ladies, welcome to the Women's School Podcast. Here we have a special guest, Miss Carolyn Owens, and this uh, week we're focusing on being single. So I thought we'd invite her and just get a little bit of a window of what real life single conversation, mental conversation, is happening um, right now as our world has shifted. And so, Miss Carolyn, maybe you can introduce yourself a little bit, uh, what
1: you do, and um, what you love. Absolutely. That's great. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, January. Um, It is such a pleasure and so fun to come talk about singleness. It's not always the most attractive conversation or topic that you want to be chosen for, but I really am honored and excited to be chatting about this. I have been single for all my life except 10 months, so it's something I feel very educated about. Um, But yeah, so as she mentioned, my name is Caroline. I'm 22 years old. I just recently graduated from college in Indiana in December. And we'll soon be moving out to Washington, DC to work as an account manager for Ringlet, which is a startup marketing agency serving women. And that kind of goes along with what I love. I really love women serving them, encouraging them much like what January does. That's kind of how we were connected Is I was sharing with a friend, um, just the dreams and passions that I have to equip women in our world today. And so, yeah, I would definitely say that is where I find my passion. And so I have a podcast and a social platform where I do that on and really just bring my faith in my desire to empower and encourage women together through that. Awesome. And what's the name of your podcast? Just so we can list that. Absolutely. My podcast is the She Belief Podcast, and you can find that on Apple, Spotify, anywhere you listen. Awesome. The She Belief Podcast. Awesome.
0: All right. Well, let's get started. Um, It's going to get juicy today. and. I'm preparing for a webinar for single ladies. So this is kind of a hot topic for me right now. So first of all, what is the hardest I'm reading here? What is the hardest part about being single today?
1: Mm. So I think that today is a big part because dating in this digital age that we live in is so different than even what dating I think looked like when you were going through the process. Mm -hmm. And so As a 22 year old, a lot of people my age are using online social apps like Tinder, Bumble, even like Match.com to find the people that they end up with, or even it just perpetuates this hookup culture that we live in today. And so I think that would really be the hardest part with dating is that dating isn't really happening in our culture. It's so Mm -hmm. much of this instant gratification, this hookup culture where people are just desiring to use you for whether that just be sexual interactions or emotional stability, um, But there really isn't this desire, really in what I've experienced in my life, especially coming out of college, is that people aren't ready to settle down. They have other things that they're trying to accomplish first. Um, and I think too, along with social media, people don't have the same social skills that they did even 10, 15 years ago. And it makes them really fearful to put themselves out there because they're so used to talking behind screens Um, and so really just to bring that together, like, I think dating in general is just difficult because it's not really happening. Um, but still, I think everyone still has that desire to date and that idea of this courtship and the guy taking the girl out on a date. I think everyone still has that desire, but a women are scared to admit that and share that with men because they're not seeing that. And men really aren't being taught how to do that for women. I think that hits the nail on the head. Um, You know, two things I always talk
0: about is that the world shifted and all of a sudden nobody had to live in this new kind of shift of the world. And honestly, you know, when did I get married and start dating? Almost 14 years ago. And it was massively different. Online dating just started. I never went online dating because it wasn't available and didn't even really think. And I remember when I was training women initially and I had all these questions about online dating after you know I'd already gotten married and I honestly didn't know how to answer it because it was so new to me and I had been training women for almost a decade then but I had no answers and I remember thinking I don't know about this online thing because the social skills are so um, inhibited and um, we can't really practice (laughs) you know it's almost sort of a, a facade so and now it's it's crucial. Like it's a total, and and part of what I'm seeing too, Carolyn, is that both men and women literally lack the skills and not because of a fault of their own, but there is actually no training. You know, some of the most basic things such as politeness, that was a standard at one point now actually needs to be retaught. Eye contact and um, how to actually say no. I mean, it's almost as though our world shifted and, and got shaken. There's no standard. Nobody knows what to do. Nobody knows how to do it. And then we have to show up perfectly. So there's this expectation of this perfect relationship love that we sort of see in social media. And there's zero preparation on how to even show up. So I think most of us are most women are kind of in a at a loss of how to manage and how to show up because of um just this idea of perfection that's permeating kind of a belief system that's causing a lot of fear. So, oh, I can't say I want to go back to, (laughs) I can't say I want to be dating this season. You got out at the right time. (laughs) Well, yes, I did. I waited for a long time. Um, At least in in my standard, it was almost eight years I didn't date anybody intentionally. Um, I went on a couple, you know, dates a couple years into right before I met Ryan. But Anyway, that's another story. So, okay. So I'm going to try to find the good. What's the best part about being single now?
1: Oh, I, I really love being single. My friends kind of joke at me and they're like, Carolyn, like you're lying when you say that. Um, but I think it's, it's different than it's this time of selfishness, because I think that's a lot of what our world tells us. Like when you're single, that's your time to have fun. That's your time to be crazy. That's your time to just focus on yourself. When it said, I, I think I enjoy being single so much and yeah, don't get me wrong. I would love to be dating. I want to get married and have a family sooner the better. Um, That's at like the top of my prayer list all the time. But I think it's so much of a perspective change for your single years in that it's an opportunity to learn and to grow and also an opportunity to serve others. Um, I think so much of when people get down about being single, it's because they're so focused on themselves. They're so focused on, oh, poor me, I wish I had a boyfriend. Oh, look at all these other people doing great things and I'm stuck alone. When really like our single years are the times that we're able to be the most present to our family and friends. We have the most time to explore new passions, try new things, just be present. And it's also just a time that we're able to learn more about ourselves so we're able to better love the people in our lives because, A, if we don't love ourselves, if we talk negatively about ourselves, if there's nothing that like, we enjoy, we're not going to have anything to offer to other people. And I think that's something that we need to emphasize so much in our culture today where it's beautiful to recognize the beauty of marriage and of dating and how fun and exciting that can be but also not like totally downtrodden being single and not to waste that time. And I always kind of struggle with that. Like I uh, don't waste your single years because it, yeah, nobody wants to be told that like, okay, if you're single, you already know you are desiring something else, but it, it really is true. Like in the sense of the term where it's, yeah, you can choose to be sad and lonely and really focus on that, or you can use it to explore your passions serve others. And yeah, even my podcast, we mentioned earlier, that really came right after a time of where I got out of a relationship, I thought this guy was the one, but really I just felt God inviting me to do something bigger than myself and to serve other women. And that's really where, yeah, my life started to take off was when I was able to say, okay, I recognize my desires, but I know this isn't what, what is what in store for me right now. Like this isn't what God has planned. And so what am I going to do in the meantime? And I think that's a really important perspective to really appreciate what's be- what's great about being single.
0: Yeah, and I don't think anybody teaches what we should be doing. which I'll outline in the training that I'll do is, that nobody kind of teaches you what should you do while you're single. What are the real, I would say, bucket or checklist, you know? And besides just kind of traveling or, you know, going skydiving, whatever it is, a bucket list. But there are things that we, I think, that are non negotiable preparation for single life. And I think it's a time for adventure. It's a time for preparation. And it's really time for discovery, you know? And so, but nobody kind of talks about that. And it's it's such, I think it's a wasted time if we don't know what to do with that time. And I think it's also the reason why we end up with a lot of broken hearts and, and relationship because we actually didn't prepare the way we should have. So this amazing, beautiful relationship that we kind of idolize without preparing ourselves and how to show up in those relationship. And then all of a sudden- the relationship doesn't end up the way we want it. <laughs> but I think the culprit is that nobody's teaching us because of the way the world shifted. And, and I think there's a lot of dabbling. I'm like, well, oh, a little bit of this, and you know, I'll get a little bit of that, and maybe I'll know how to talk to that person here, but it has to be integrated. And that's the key ingredient that I think we focus so much in the women's school is that it has to be an integrated dream and not just kind of like this guy about this, you know, this dream man, but there's an integrated woman behind that dream man. And that's the key and the secret ingredient to sustainable freedom in and outside of any relationship, right? So actually, God is the key, but God gives us that integratedness. So, um, all right. So I'm gonna. Um, so, what's the hardest part about meeting a man?
1: Like yeah. specifically, a man. Hardest part about meeting a man? I would oh, say. Boy, that's a spot question. <laughs> <laughs> I think so much of our culture today is yeah, we live in this hyper feminine, hyper feminized culture where we really are putting down men because we're trying to elevate women. And yeah, I'll be the first one to say, if I said my passion was women is encouraging and uplifting women and empowering them, but that should never come at the expense of lowering. Yeah. The capability and the need that we have for good and strong men in our lives. And so I think the hardest part, hardest part about meeting a man, um, is I think they're afraid to put themselves out there. I think unless they're sure, even in my own experience, like unless they're 100% sure that you're going to say yes or 100% sure that you're interested, they really just are insecure and afraid to really just try. And so I think college, I thought, was going to be this really great opportunity. I was like, this is where I'm going to meet all of these men but you could just see that they would never step outside of themselves. They were stuck in their little circles. And if you weren't a part of that circle, they weren't willing to risk that. And so then I think it becomes confusing for women of like, okay, should I be the one to put myself out there? Should I be asking guys on dates? And I'm, you know, some girls do that. It works for them. I just never really have found that. I think that's my place and I want to be pursued. I'm not saying that like we shouldn't, like we should bait men, but, um, we can still show them we're interested without being the one to make that choice. But I think it really just, yeah, is difficult to put yourself in places. Um, I think it's, yeah, I think it just comes down to the role of the women and what I expect in a relationship of wanting to be pursued is you go to all the events, you go to church, you go to the social hours, and then you're just not approached. And so I think that's the difficult part of knowing. What am I supposed to do as a woman in this situation when I'm not, yeah, being approached by a man?
0: Yeah. So what you're basically saying is that there's a lack of competence. Yes. Right. And men right now, which I'm seeing, it's interesting because you know, a lot of times people always say, I want to be confident. I want a confident man. I want a confident woman. But nobody talks about that competence comes from, I'm sorry, confidence comes from competence. Hmm. Right. Because to be confident, I need to know how to say what to say, how to say it. I need to know the how. And that's, I think, the biggest crisis we're facing is that nobody's showing us how. Oh, we're always told go for your dreams, you could do it, find the right man, be fall in love. And that's all great empowerment, but it's not actually equipment. Because if you don't know the how, that's all pipe dream. Right. And I I think that's probably one of the hardest things that I'm seeing both in men and women, you know, having done this for so many years, that it's it's what's missing and you you have two diff, two beautiful souls but they don't know how they don't know how to communicate effectively and then there's and then there's the drama because kind of like the mental gymnastics and so i tell women you have to be more strategic and clear more than ever otherwise you're going to walk into mental gymnastics absolutely and okay so how do you um what are specific skills right now you're actually acquiring as a single woman?
1: Yeah. I do want to just follow up on what you were saying. And This kind of leads into it. Um, but when I've just been like casually chatting with some male friends, I've like, yeah, expressed like, why don't guys approach me? Why do you think, yeah, why am I single? Because even they'd be like, girl, I'm like, you know, why are you single? And when they would tell me this, they would say like, I think your confidence intimidates people and mm-hmm. in that you are so sure of yourself that these men just like don't know what to do with that. And I think that's just exactly what you were saying about this competence that they don't know how to, yeah, they don't know how to approach women. They don't know the steps of like, how do you ask a girl out on a date? That then they lack the confidence to do that. And so I think if yeah, anyone listening that if you're feeling discouraged or like, yeah, no one's interested in you, I really don't think that is the problem. And that's like something I have to remind myself, like, Caroline, like, you're not the problem. Nothing's wrong with you. Mm-hmm. But it's really like, how can we give these men confidence? How can we help them learn? And who are, the, who are the people that we can encourage in their lives to do that? So then they feel confident to then match ours.
0: Yeah. And I would also add that you could be in the wrong circle. Yeah. Absolutely. I always say if you're the most I'm confident in the room, you're in the wrong room, mm-hmm. right? And the reason why I say that is because, you know, there is, honestly, there is a crisis of competence. So I get frustrated. It's a crisis of, of, of competence with women and men. So um, I think there ha- it goes back to clarity of, if I know the kind of man that I want, which includes what I don't want, then I'm not going to be busy in my mind of a guy who lacks the courage because I would never suffice my standard, right? For somebody as strong as you in a very beautiful way, then it's very clear the kind of man Who's going to be not afraid to take action and courage? I remember Carolyn because I was in the same boat as you, and I had worked on being single, and my goal was in being single was internal freedom. I did not want to be in anxiety, and kind of felt like I was dating these guys in my head, and had broken up, and had a lot of mental drama, and I, it was all in my head, you know. Yes, and so I wanted incredible. to be free of this mental exhaustion, and so I had met Ryan. And he was so intentional. I actually almost didn't know what to do with it because I had gotten so accustomed. Remember these are neurological wirings. I was in DC and I would meet guys and I would go on a date. I had a one date rule because I had to be open and I would bring a ton of questions and the goal. And I always trained women. You have one goal that makes and shifts our mindset with dating. And that is contribution. If you go on a date and you have one mission is to contribute. So you need to know how to contribute. Okay. And so that was my script. And we can talk about that later was that I had one goal was contribution. Contribution meant asking the right question, complimenting, encouraging, going deep, whatever it was. And I had a list of contribution. And so I would go on these dates and I would ask question after question, I would engage. And maybe a guy would ask me one question. And at the end of the day, they're like, oh my gosh, it was the best conversation. I'm like, yeah, because you talk the whole time. (laughs) And I'm like, coming home. And I just felt like, ugh, you know, like it was, the word was exhaustion. And, 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 you know, generosity could be exhausting if there's, if you're not receiving. And I remember thinking I need to be nourished because then I'm contributing because that was a mission. And I had to really mentally reframe my mindset out that this wasn't about looking for the one. This is about bringing light into the conversation because it was exhausting to try to calculate at the end of every date. So anyways, that was through a lot of process of kind of frustration but my point here is saying is that when I met Ryan he was so intentional he sat me down and we had um I was in denial because he said you know I had a lot of questions about the faith and I thought okay this guy's questions in a faith I should probably give him an hour to answer the question and you we were in the same working environment and I didn't realize he was planning a, this date and so you know, I want to sit down with you and have a lot of questions in the faith, but we ended up somewhere where we had candles and wine. And I remember <laughs> thinking to my friend, I'm like, I'm an hour. And he, he sat down there, Carl, and he said, Junior, can I tell you why I'm here? And I remember thinking, like I don't get nervous. Like with you know the guys It was sort of I was like I had this like nervous laugh. He's like, I'm very interested in you and I'd really like to get to know you more. And I remember thinking, I don't actually know how to respond to this. Like I've kind of thought about it that this is what I wanted. But I was so used to non-committal con- conversation that it was a breath of... And then he gets off the phone and he drops me off. I was like, I have to, I have to go to mass early in the morning so I need to get home at 10.30. Drops me off and he calls me literally three minutes later. He's like, I just wanted to thank you for a great night. It was, you know... And I was like, no games, pure intentionality, no fear and what I might think that he's crazy. But it was like a, sh- a-, a shift. <laughs> and so... Um, I think today there's a lot of like, should I call, should I not call? Should you know, should when should I text? Should I is this the right text is this the right emoji? I mean it's confusing oh, exhaustion.
1: Yeah. Um yeah. and I think that's the I think that's the key is that we don't know how to respond when these men are intentional with us. And yeah, so much of my experience has been similar to that. If you go into a date confident and it's it's almost, it's like, you know, you're in control. You know, you're not really interested. So you're like, okay, here, I love that. I'm here to contribute. And going back to your question, I'm sorry to take you off track, but sure. of like, what am I learning during this time? Like, what am I doing to prepare myself? Is I think I have had had to come to recognize what are my weaknesses? And through casual dating, I found like, Yeah, I I like to control conversations. I like to be able to ask the questions. And so they have to answer and I can kind of get off the hook and not have to be the one to share about myself. And so I when I went into a relationship, I kind of found that like, oh, I really struggle to be vulnerable with this person. I can draw it out of you. I can get you to share about your life. I can get you to express your emotion. But then like, don't you dare ask that of me. Like I'm the one that's gonna control that. And so Really, I'm taking this time now as I'm single of how can I practice vulnerability by sharing my life with the people around me, with my friends, with my family, Mm -hmm. in an appropriate way that when I am called into a relationship that it's, it's, yeah, it's not give and take. And so I would just encourage women to do that too. if, If vulnerability is something that you struggle with is practice that with the people in your life now. Whether that's your family, whether that's your friends, or even just your coworkers, of how how can you learn to ask the right questions, but then how can you be willing to answer the questions yourself? Yeah,
0: yeah, no, that's a spot on. And vulnerability
1: is such a skill, but vulnerability with the right people, absolutely.
0: That's <laughs> that's the <Okay>. skill. <laughs> that is the skill in itself. Okay, so I'm going to ask one more question, and then we can kind of um, turn around. Is that um, what are some of the doubts that you oh, actually I have two questions? What some of the doubts that you have right now as a single woman and how are you dealing with those doubts?
1: Yeah. So I think yeah, the most prevalent one is that I fear that I won't ever find someone. And what if there is no man out there that's going to be intentional? And yeah, when I hear that story of Ryan, I just think, okay, you know, it's encouragement again. And I feel like God just keeps putting things into my life or men into my life that just reminds me like, okay, there are good men out there. Um, But I think something that I also am fearful of is demanding too much of men in my life. And I think that's something I kind of experienced and was hurt in my past relationship is where I was kind of told that I was asking and demanding too much of him. And then it makes you question like, okay, well, how are the standards that I set for myself too high? Should I not be asking the man um, such high expectations? But then really it was so redeeming that I had a male friend. We were actually going on dates and kind of just starting like, is this something where we want to pursue a relationship? And I expressed with him that, yeah, this previous guy that I dated told me like, you are demanding too much of me. Like he told me that to my face. And I, I told this other man, and he said, Caroline, you know what? Actually, like he begged me, like, please continue to demand much of men, because if women don't hold them to a higher standard and demand a lot of them, then no one will. And so, yeah, combining that together of not finding someone and fearing that my expectations are too high, I think it was just this moment of we as women need to be confident in those things that we desire and also like own the things that we desire and not be afraid of them um and just trust that like in this time of preparation while we're single that we're making ourselves the best that we can be that we're demanding a lot of ourselves so that when we do that it's it's not um hypocrisy that it's really us coming from a place of we've we've challenged ourselves we've asked this of ourselves and we're going to ask it now of you
0: so, I think that's probably the biggest amazing thing that you probably are able to highlight today is that, you know, we we can't demand something we first haven't commanded of ourselves. And so we start doubting it when it's not equally, you know, the things we demand of ourselves. And I think that's so important. I remember, Carolyn, I had a, a mentor who said, Jen, you're, write down everything you want in a man and like a giddy little, I don't know, 20 year old, or however old, 18, I was like, sure, like whipping out this like toilet paper list of like, da da da. And I remember he looked me dead in the eye. He didn't, he looked at it. I gave it to him and he said, What is love? And I didn't have any answer. I don't know. I was 18 year old answer. He's like, Love is giving
1: mm-hmm.
0: and receiving. So unless you're this woman, you cannot expect to receive this kind of man. So go back and be this woman. And I felt like the, the rich, what is it called? The rich man who like, you know, kind of walk away from our Lord. All like, the
1: money yeah, and I just felt like,
0: like the deflation, but that actually became the fuel that I needed to say, I cannot demand something I first have not commanded myself. And so I turned around and literally checked the, that checklist. I needed to be that woman. And so I think it took away the drama and confusion in my mind because now it was about contribution and not about what I was going to get out of it. But I didn't have language at that point. (laughs) You know, I can (laughs) retrospect see it now and I, but you're just figuring it out on your own. That was really kind of like the biggest thing. Um, But I think you're in, first of all, I just want to honor you because you're 22 and you're not speaking like you're 22. Thank you. (laughs) You've got a lot of wisdom and insight um, that I think a lot of women far older than you um, need and can really understand. And I think that, we need that level of depth in women like you. They're going to lead the chart and hold true to your standard. So I really commend you. I honor you. And, um, you know, if you had to give one advice to single women today, what would that be?
1: Mm, yeah, I think it would be to trust that a you can be happy when you're single and you can be happy for your friends who are dating and married while still desiring that and longing that for yourself. Um, I think that's huge. I think we all get caught up on that is once again, turning inward and not being able to be joyful for the people in our life. But also I would say, put yourself out there, try new things, find the things that bring you joy. Because like I said, we have so much extra time now. This is the time where we'll have more than we ever will. Once you start having kids, even when you're just dating, like you have to give your time to that person. Um, and so, yeah, going back to all that is just invest in yourself and your own personal growth. And do the things that will challenge you and that you find um, hard because you know that they're going to make you better and you know that it's, it's not wasted. It's really preparing you for something else. And two, to just take that extra time in prayer or volunteering and just turn it outwards because I think that is the key to really not wasting this time. As everyone wants to say, it's, yeah, how are we contributing to the world? How are we contributing to the people um, that we love right beside us? Well, you are one wise
0: (laughs) 22-year-old woman. I I Calling, uh, if I was a man, I'd be trying to figure out your number right now. If they had the courage to do it, they would be like, how do I get Junior's email and how do I get Caroline's phone number? That's the kind of courage we need. I remember Ryan, I, when we first dated, and I share this because I think it's important to hide, just like these stories are important. And I remember thinking he wanted to go on another date with me. And I said, "Mm, I can't go to the Philippines for two weeks. You know, he's like, can I call you there?
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And I was thinking that's telling of someone who's not afraid to say, I'm going to call you all the way from the Philippines because I'm interested in you. So, you know, these little things, those micro moments matter. So that kind of
1: pursuit. I got to right. give credit. I have three older sisters and a wonderful mother that have taught me all of this. So it's not all from my own understanding. So I got to give them a little shout out. I well, no, that's very a great fortunate.
0: Time. No, they are very fortunate. And I think that's part of the problem is that nobody's modeling for us and you yeah. clearly have that. So kudos to your, your, your sisters and your mom. So. We're gonna turn the tables around, and you Mm. are going to ask me the questions.
1: Yeah, this is exciting. Well, I kind of wisdom to share.
0: Well, you know, it's I've been I I've been married for almost thirteen years. So, it, it actually I was doing my training, and honestly, I was giddy, like. Because I had to go back to those places and memory and retrace back. And I thought, oh my gosh, I cannot believe how amazing my man is. And so it was a great reminder to actually speak about the gift that God's given me through this, my marriage. So 14 years and my husband is crazier about me. (laughs) You got to keep it fun and interesting. (laughs) Yes, that's an art in itself. And it's amazing just, you know, um, how amazing marriage is and how much it gets better and how attractive they get if, if mm-hmm. we know what to do and how to do. And that the work only begins the
1: moment we get married. Mm. Yeah, that's great advice in itself. We could end right there. Nice. Good <laughs> job. Seven years later. Uh, uh, no, I'm like Seven kids later. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wasn't it 14? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All, All right. right. So my first question for you, I would say really, what do you wish you would have done more in your single years, whether that's to prepare, maybe just for fun, how do we make sure that we're making the most out of our time as single people?
0: Awesome. So, I was very intentional about my single years in preparing skill set. Like, I had a mentor, and I will tell you, it was grace. And I didn't know how intentional it was. You know, I timed myself in cleaning the kitchen. I actually um, had to study the way I showed up, feedback, and I mean, it was a very strategic way that I was trained. However, I struggled most with men because nobody taught me mind management. And what I mean by that is how to command my thoughts, how to manage thoughts that lead to anxiety. And you know our thoughts um, actually changes our emotion. Our emotion actually releases a chemical reaction that changes our body, physical body, that actually then either opens or shuts us up to receptivity and our spiritual growth so it was hijacked because I did not know how to actually manage my thoughts so if I were to look back there would never be a a better like time to manage our mind and if I could you know train single women to manage their ability to think about what they're thinking all the time in a way that it's productive and it's a way that's hopeful that's resilient it would have changed my single years I would have not been steeped in anxiety and it this is like because I teach this stuff I used to get white hairs, like mm-hmm. literally like 200, because it's not for all, but stress causes actually our hair to, it's so physical. Stress is, is, is a mental, emotional, and physical reaction of our body that I would get a, a lot of gray hair. I have no gray hair since I've gotten married, but it was the mind management, that piece that I had learned after I got married. So that would be my biggest advice is commanding of our thoughts.
1: I think that's really good because I think it's so easy to like, so many people talk about this of like, have a relationship in your head before ever even speaking to that person. And like you marry that person in your head before you've even said hello and how dangerous that is to our hearts, to our minds, to like you're saying our whole being, because it it, A, gives us unrealistic expectations of the person. It It's not fair to them, and it's not fair to ourselves, really. In the end, it just ends up hurting us more than it will ever benefit us. Yeah, and it alters the way you show up. You actually can't show up
0: in freedom because you already have – you're already like five moons ahead. And I remember thinking this when I met Ryan, that I, would, I didn't even allow myself to get into thoughts of engagement and marriage at all. I was – it's so decisive and formed my will to say, I live in the present moment. I wasn't even going to say, like, I remember he was thinking of like looking for an engagement ring. And I remember thinking, I haven't gone there because you haven't given me a reason to. And I said, I will not go there because you haven't given me a reason to. I
1: was so fierce, Carolyn, but it took me a long time to get that kind of it's level so of fierceness. Because <laughs> I think that's so easy. That's always the temptation. And this kind of will lead into my next question of... Okay, so you start dating someone, you really like them, and you think you're the one, and you think they're the one, and it's so easy to jump into like, okay, well, what's next to so marriage? Let's start, like, start planning our lives, and you've been dating for a month or two. And so like, how do we know when the one is the one? Because it can be so harmful when we think that's the case, and then it's not. That relationship ends, and you're like, oh, well, do I even trust myself? Like, What is my ability to discern? Like, What am I doing wrong? Um, so maybe how did you know that Ryan was the one, maybe what are some of those key things we can keep in mind, even as we're just discerning, maybe when we get into a relationship itself.
0: Okay. So I'm going to take that question kind of a little bit, just a few steps back. I think in order to actually find the right person, you actually need to know who you are, because if you don't, then your decision actually is skewed. And so if I don't know that I am uniquely created by a God, an irreplaceable human being, I cannot um, show up in a way that I could honor men the way they deserved. Um, There's layers to that. So in order for me to actually know that they're the right person, I actually need to be confident that I am becoming the woman that I'm choosing to be, Mm -hmm. my highest and best self. Um, uh, Second, I think that the right person is... um, should be a very simple decision. When it's complicated, I think that there needs to be a lot more formation. That's a personal opinion and an observation. Because I think when we know what we want, when we know we don't, when we know who we are, when we develop a self-image, when we know the skills, I think the answer is actually a lot easier. When we're confused about our standard, about who we are and who we're not, that's when we get into like, well, I don't know if he likes me because... He called me yesterday and called me today. I'm like, I always say we have to be 150 percent sure that they're a thousand percent certain of that they're interested in us. In the moment we're doubting it, we're already dethroning ourselves. So, how do you know? I think that the answer actually just reveals itself in the present moment incrementally because of the peace that you have in the relationship. I think there's three metric and it's an unquantifiable metric because it's objective to everyone. It's peace, which means that there is calm. Even if you know the argument, there's just peace. There's peace of mind, there's freedom. You're not trying to like put this, you're not trying to scheme thing. I think that there's joy, which means that you have more life. You don't feel like you get out of this Um, date and you feel like you're sucked out of life. You feel like you're more alive. You're excited to do things. You're more passionate. You're like, oh, I want to, you know, go exercise. There's actually more life and light, which means that there's actually a radiance in a woman when she's free. Freedom actually is what every woman wants when they say they want to be confident. It's not that they want to be confident. They actually want the freedom that comes with confidence so that's what the light is. There's an attractiveness when a woman's free. And this is why when I think a woman actually knows who so she is she's free, she actually cannot, there's men coming out of the woodwork she's not going to know what to do with. <laughs> and that's a skill. That's a mindset. That's an invitation. And that's a, a, an important um, opportunity for contribution. And I've trained women very kind of more strategically when they actually understand how to show up very strategically. They're like January I don't know what to do with all these men. And and it becomes a form of contribution. How can we now contribute to this guy that God is presenting to me uh, as a way where I'm always honoring them? Because I think a woman becomes attractive when there's freedom, when she knows how to receive and nurture love. These are actually the five things that makes a woman attractive that I'm going to be talking about. When she actually makes a man better. When a man actually feels like she's he's walking out and he's saying, "Ah, oh, I feel like I'm walking into my higher and best self," he's gonna come right back. Um, but it requires a man who is able to receive this. And number four, competence is so attractive. I will tell you, like you know, you're on a date. <laughs> and you've got this attractive girl and they're having fun and when a girl kind of side notes says you know i you know i made a whole meal for thanksgiving for my family and that i went out and kind of i you know helped my brother fix, fix the bike like think about those level of competencies <laughs> willing to get your hands dirty that is attractive right because it's like no i i know i i i know how to figure it out you know um there's a level of competence that builds into confidence that makes that very attractive. And then the fifth thing is, I think a woman's mindset is attractive. You know, if she can look at a man in the eye and say, you know what, I disagree with you. You know, I mean, I can see your points, but I just disagree with you. She's got that level of resilience to say no, but she knows how to say no. Right. And it's a, it's, it's, and that's why I tell women, I said, you need to have a standard, but that's only the first part. Communicating your standard is where it actually matters the most. All right? So there's like a multi, I mean, like, this is why when I think of being single, the, the skill set, the preparation, the mental management, is, this is the season. You actually don't have a lot of time if you're very intentional about how to train yourself to prepare yourself for the most incredible kind of love that keeps on giving to till the, till the day you die. And it's possible. And if you get yourself a head start, there's smooth transitions all around, whether it's new baby, marriage, new family, big family. So it requires a whole lot of intentional preparation. So I've kind of just dumped a lot of things at you, but-
1: <laughs> You kind of just answered all my questions in <laughs> one. That was so good. <laughs> I think but you're exactly right. I've just
0: given you sort of a little bit of hooks and each of those are actual real training, you know, but I would say the without it, there's a, there's a robbery. Yeah. There's a robbery of that true meaning of what it means to be, you know, united in freedom and in joy. Talk. Yeah.
1: So much wisdom there. All right, lady. So you have time for one more question? Yep, I do. Actually, I have time for a couple more questions. Okay, awesome. So I think as, as you're kind of sharing that transition of, yeah, you're going to be thrown so much once you get married. What was the biggest change that you had to make from going to either single to dating or even single to being married? Gosh,
0: it was so seamless that it's hard for me to actually answer that question. I was extremely independent. What I mean by that is I love to travel myself. I have my bucket list. I had this thing called Jenny time on Sunday was sacred and it was me time. And I went to, I had my, you know, all my museums. I, I just had my bucket list. So There was an independence about me and intentionality that when I got married, there was no thirst for that anymore because I felt like I fulfilled it. Um, I think the biggest transition for me was actually learning the skill of effective communication. That was sort of new because I knew my standard. I knew what I wanted and I had this, but to now communicate it was was something I wasn't actually taught how. So for example, I would, I would, I was, it was easy for me to maybe vulnerability, maybe that's it mm-hmm. because I was very strong and there was a level of confidence. And so I felt that, um, you know, um, no, nah, I don't, I don't need to talk about it, <laughs> you know? <laughs> it, um, but, um, So yeah, I mean, I don't even think it's there was a really massive transition. I think it was more of I needed to acquire an additional skill set that I think made our marriage, um, just elevated our marriage and continued to elevate our marriage. I think that the biggest thing for me that I'd say I gained from marriage is that I was always a student before I got married. And then now my husband was also a student. And so we actually studied together as part mm-hmm. of our rhythm of life ever since we got married, which is probably why our marriage gets better because we're different every season because we're learning new books together and reading it together. And we're, our, we, you know, we've kept date nights every Friday sacred for almost 14 years.
1: It's incredible. And
0: part of that, we have dream date sessions where we literally go on a dream and we, you know, design our life with and for God. Um, and so I think that it was more to sort of building that, you know, creating that transition. So that doesn't answer your question because I don't think I have an answer about the biggest transition as it was more um, just kind of things that I had to build upon.
1: So I'm a little more curious about that independence that you were talking about, how you were really independent before in that shift. I know that's something that makes me really nervous is I am just very confident on my own. Like I've said, I've been single most of my life. So it's, the desire is there, but I'm I'm comfortable where I'm at, and so sometimes it makes me afraid that that independence is going to um, inhibit me once I'm in a relationship, and then it's going to build up a wall and not allow me to fully let someone in. So maybe what would be your advice for maybe other women, even for me, that feel like their independence can be a roadblock in, in pursuing a relationship?
0: It's a great question. I think it's understanding that we're created for both giving and receiving. And what I mean by that is, you know, for somebody who doesn't really require a lot of um, nurturing, you know, because they feel like you're confident, and you don't, in order to actually let a man be a man, you have to allow him to nurture you. So now it's learning the skill of receptivity in, in, in a very strategic way, not just for our sake, but for the sake of a man. So then the strength becomes now our ability to receive as a form of contribution. And I think that's a very important distinction because receptivity not only nurtures us, but it also actually is a gift to the one that's giving. Right? So if I allow my husband to guide me, to nurture me, and to just go say, you know, I just need you right now, and, you know, and to kind of feel like, I just, you know, I just need you right now to just sort of receive. Um, It helps them to rise. And therefore now I am contributing to his manhood. Um, So I think that we cannot fear our strength. We must know how to use it and when to use it. You know, because there's corner, there's a layer of women who feels like they can't do anything without their man and that is actually, it's weakness, right? Then you take it the next step up and a woman who feels like she can do it all, she doesn't need a man, which is equally, I think, in itself, a form of weakness, right? True strength is knowing you can do it, but you have other people to do it for you. It's receptivity. So I think in marriage um, and in relationship, there is actually no beautiful way to be together unless you actually learn that skill of knowing how to let a man nurture you as you nurture them. So uh, practically that looks a lot like knowing what to say and how to say it. And knowing, I think the timing of, of saying, you know what, I just need you right now. Or can you help me out with this? Or, you know, like when I first met Ryan I I knew I was, and he was a strong, like fast walker, and he's like six (laughs) foot four, and he would always walk and so fast, and he would go like five steps forward and then go back. Because I'm like, well, he's like, you walk really slow. Like he had said something like that. I said, no, this is the way I walk, and if you'd like to walk with me, you can keep up with my pace.
1: (laughs) I love that.
0: But my legs are shorter than yours but if you'd like to, you know, it was, but this I mean, it's just a matter of communication and it's a matter of being strategic about it. And um, that's why it's so important for us to know what we want and don't want and how we show up. Um, you know, like when I remember when he asked me on a date for the first time and so it's learning how to open the door for them, but don't walk in for them, but they create an invitation, you know? And he's like, I remember he's like, um, would you like to go on a date? And you know, the first time I meet this guy and I see him like hovering over me and wanting to like have a conversation. We were in the office and I remember looking at him and very intentionally like practicing my scripts. Like as a single woman, I had a script book.
1: Oh my goodness. And I would write
0: down what to say and how to say it and practice it over and over again. I'm going to tell you some of these things. And I remember looking at him and say, oh, I would love to, but probably not today. Can you give me a head, heads up later on so I can carve it out of my day? It was wow. an indirect way of communicating my standard right but those that that's what i mean like we can talk about it theoretically but we know how to say it you know like i remember i went on a date with a guy and he would it was my like one date and he kept looking at the waitress and i'm like ah oh, i really you know i'm like do i just sit there you know and i remember i had already had this experience prior to the past so i my script book was ready and i remember looking at him and saying You know, just out of curiosity, do you typically look at other women when you go on a date? It's not something I'm used to. Period. Pause. Look them in the eye and stay right there. But My point in saying this is that we just don't know what to say to hold men accountable. Mm -hmm. Right? So does that mean that that's the strength of a woman? You better believe it. Firm and tender. All as a walking contradiction. You're firm with your boundaries. We're tender with your delivery right? But there's hundreds of ways. And you know, when I train women, I'm like, you need to know what to say and how to say it.
1: I think that, wow, I need to get a book right now. (laughs) (laughs) January pulls out this little notebook and I'm like, I need to start practicing my scripts to myself in the mirror because that's really, you get put into a situation. I think even like the moments when I would be asked on dates by men that I'm like, not really interested in, and yes, my, my family always taught me that one day rule too, that like you should say yes the first time, but like, then what do you say? And then that's how we get ourselves into these uncomfortable situations or where ghosting end up happening, where ghosting happens because you're just like, well, I, d- I don't want to hurt their feelings, but I want to like not continue. And then it's just hurtful for everyone involved. And so it is so important. I love that firm and gentle that like, it is, it's okay to have standards and we need to embrace those and we need to be confident in those but that doesn't mean we have to do it with force or be rude or unkind, but that we, yeah, we have to just be gentle. But, And
0: deterred. I think that's where the self-image is so important. Carolyn, I talk about creating a self-image and how you show up as a single woman, because if you have a standard of always contributing and holding firm to your standard, then you, you raise yourself to that bar. Then ghosting is never an option, right? Because then it's a matter of how can I now let this guy know that I'm not interested Bice and still contributing while breaking up with him. That's a skill. Cause you know, you can write a letter or you can make a phone call. So I just want to honor you for X, Y, and Z, very specific. You know, X, Y, and Z, thank you for blah, blah, blah. I want to honor you and let you know that I'm not interested in moving forward. Um, and I think you deserve my honesty, but I just want you know that I really honor this about you and thank you so much for the time we have together. I mean, you've broken up with a guy and the guy's probably more in love with you than ever, but you've given him a <laughs> contribution because you've complimented him and honored who he is. But at the same time, you're being firm with your boundaries. It's All so respectful. Yes, in one, but that's what I mean. Self-image, you have to design your self-image as a single woman. And, how and that self-image, people always think it's like your body image. I'm like, no, no, no. It's the opinion that you intentionally design of yourself. It's yes. a skill. So... Anyways, I think we're lack of time, but hopefully this will um, lead well, you know women to um, get to know more of um, some of our singles training and how to really do it from the inside out. Because that's so much of our training in the women's school is that we go deep, we go integrated, and that we really talk about the mindset and skill set to how they go hand in hand, so that women are actually equipped sustainably, and not just sort of this moment of, of you know kind of empowerment without equipment. So. Thank you so much, Miss Carolyn.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: And um, I look forward, maybe we can have a follow-up podcast and kind of go deep a little bit about this tonality.
1: Sounds wonderful. Thank you so much for just the work that you do. I'm so grateful.
0: I love what I do. I'll probably be doing it for decades to come. So, (laughs) well,
1: praise God. It's good. We need you.
0: Thank you.